the nice thing is we do get one off day a week during the season. So you can usually find me on that off day, either sitting in a tree stand, a ground blind, or a cornfield trying to shoot some birds. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. We've got a pretty exciting show for you today. Um, with me today is Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts and his brother Zach Wentz. And uh, together they make Wentz Outdoors. And uh, we've been looking forward to this one, guys. Thanks for joining us and thanks for make, making time in your schedule right now in the middle of camp, Carson. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. No sweat, man. No sweat. So, um, man, we'll get into a little bit of football stuff here in a minute, but uh, you two started doing Wentz Outdoors together, um, shoot, about five years ago now. Is it that long ago? Yeah, we're about four or five years ago. Um, just, yeah. Uh, in Carson's rookie year on his bye week, I went back to North Dakota and I grabbed a little handy cam and sat in the tree stand next to him and filmed him shoot his first buck for the bow. And uh, I guess the rest is history. Well, right on. <laughs> well, what, what motivates a guy as busy as you are, Carson? I mean, you're the, I've known lots of NFL guys that have hunted. But um, I haven't known that many who were able, who, who even thought about taking something like this on in the middle of an NFL career. Because it's tough, man. You know, football and, and, and hunting don't play well together. No. <laughs> and I've, I've got me and Jeremy Eldridge, the marketing manager here at Hoyt, you know, um, we've had boys that have played football ever since they were little squirts and and both of us have dealt this entire time with trying to arrange our hunting schedules around being at football games. And I've, I've got a son that's still playing college ball. This is his last year playing college ball. And, you know, I thought it was hard in high school, but when you move up into those age groups where you're starting to have to be in different States every weekend, it's a whole different ball of wax, man. And, you know, he's, uh, he's one of these kids that, as soon as he's done playing football, I'm afraid we're not going to see him for five, six <laughs> years. He's just going to be gone because he's been so deprived of the hunting part. So how, how in the world do you balance all yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be tough for sure. Uh, the nice thing is we do get one off day a week during the season. So you can usually find me on that off day, either sitting in a tree stand, a ground blind, or a cornfield trying to shoot some birds. Um, and honestly, it's like the, the best thing for me to kind of break up my weeks to kind of, you know, it, it's busy. It's go, go, go. It's, it's mentally and physically draining a, a given week during the season. Um, but to have just a couple hours in the woods or in a cornfield or something, um, it's really good mentally for me to kind of hit reset and refresh me. Um, so I can, you know, get ready and go attack it for the next week. But yeah, it's definitely, it's, a, it's a commitment, um, you know, and having, getting married a couple of years ago and now having a, a daughter, like it's, it's definitely my hunting windows are shrinking, uh, every year it seems, but, uh, you know, we still make the most of it when we can. Well, dude, and, and Zach told me just the other day that both of you have babies due in November coming up, correct? Oh yeah. Right. And I told him, well, guys, that's, that's poor planning. That, that, you can't, 
you can't be breeding in like no like uh, February and March. There's no breeding allowed, man. You got to you got to plan those birthdays for the off season. Yeah. No, it, they're blessings whenever they come oh, for sure. But uh, I've I've got a birthday that is smack dab in the middle of elk season, and every year it's it's been you know one of those things where uh, there's people frowning upon me missing part of my birthday sometimes. But um, so are you saying? Your hunting is a reset, so I'm not likely to find you up there with a playbook in your hand in your tree stand, sitting there paging through it while you're while you're hunting. Ninety five percent of the time, that's correct. There, I I have you know been watching film or you know looking through the plays uh, on the way to the tree stand, or you know maybe Zach's driving us an hour or something. Um, so yeah, that has happened, but oftentimes I try not to try and use it as a complete reset. But, you know, there's a couple times when we were maybe pushing the envelope a couple of weeks after a certain deer over the last couple of years and uh, convinced him to get out there for an hour. And he's on his tablet the whole time sitting in the ground blind as, as deer are coming out. We're waiting, yeah. we're waiting for the right buck. And unless it's the right buck, he's just still on the tablet. But those are only on special weeks where we're really pushing when there's a, a certain target that we're looking to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about growing up in Bismarck. Yeah. Um, um, I think we both. How, how'd, you, how'd you end up a football player and not a hockey player? That's my biggest Well, we question. both were. Uh, we both were. Were you hockey we both players? played hockey, um, baseball, football. Uh, I played some basketball, too. Um, we were super busy with sports all the time, between sports and school. Yeah. Um, that was really, I'd say for both of us, that was our life. And so hunting was kind of. It was meh to me. It was something that I did a couple times a year just to try and chase some deer. Um, but I was so impatient, and I'd rather go to the park and go shoot hoops or go do something. That was kind of me as a kid. Zach was always a little more patient, so he, I think he enjoyed uh, deer hunting a little bit more than I did. Um, but I think both of us kind of fell in love with it a little bit later uh, in college. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of when it was football was more like a job, kind of that almost a full-time job plus school on top of it. And that's when hunting really became that kind of way for me to get away um, and hit that reset yeah. button. And uh, I think my my eyes opened to kind of the, the joy that it can bring, the camaraderie it can bring when you're out there uh, with other people doing it together, uh, whether that's bird hunting, deer hunting, you name it. Um, so I definitely think I got the, the bug in college. Uh, I think Zach maybe had it a little bit earlier, um, but similar timing, I think for both of us. So which one of you is older? I'm older by three years. Yeah. Okay. Zach's yeah. older. Um, so, and, and you were the one that had maybe a little bit more of the hunting bug early on yeah. and kind of spread I it. I think just, person. um, you know, being, being three years older. And uh, I played college baseball as well, too. So as soon as that ended, I was kind of stuck, stuck wondering, what do I do with all my free time now? Um, what do I do? Um, so decided to, I went on like BizMan Online, and uh, which is just like a, I don't know. It's like a Craigslist. It's like a Craigslist. Local Craigslist. Local Craigslist. In yeah. On a local Craigslist. And people at school were talking about, you know, getting out hunting and like, hey, you know, you can do this from September 1 until January 1. And, a lot of public land around. I'm like, shoot. So I went on Craigslist, or not Craigslist, went on Bizman online and bought a bow. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I bought a bow, didn't right. tune it up a lick, just bought it, basically guessed on my draw length, 
Google search, then I guess probably the rest is history for me. And quickly realized how spoiled we were with the access and the places to hunt in North Dakota. And then as soon as I got the itch for it, about a year and a half later, we were moving to Philadelphia. And I'm like, man, we're we're missing out. <laughs> as soon as I'm getting in, getting in, I realize how much good stuff's around us here. We're leaving. But uh, yeah, basically picked one up online and was like, man, this is something right in our backyard here that we have amazing opportunities to do. So I guess I spread it to him. Yeah. And uh, I think for a little while, you were resilient on the bow. I was. For a little while, because you're like, was. I'd rather run and gun. I'm like, you can still spot and stop. You don't have to sit in a tree. <laughs> you can still get down on the ground and move. And that's kind of been your brain. Right. So. I did, because uh, I definitely got the, the waterfowl and the pheasant itch. Um, and right. then the deer hunting, I definitely enjoyed. But it was more just rifle hunting a couple weekends out of the year. Um, got that itch early in college. And then he got into bow hunting. And I said, I can't do that. I can't sit in a tree. Um, I can't sit that still. I'm not patient enough. You know, you hear the horror stories, people doing all day sits in November, sitting in the tree. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to be that guy. No. You, you, you don't. Matter of fact, we'll talk offline about that just a little bit. <laughs> I got a plan for you. But, dude, I was, me and we were just saying while we were offline that I was, I was watching NFL network the other night and I saw this, the, you know, training, it was everybody's training camp. They'd go visit this training camp and visit this training camp and bam, they're in the Indianapolis training camp. And for those of you that don't know, Carson spent the first, what, four five years of yeah. your career in, in Philadelphia. And this year he got traded to Indianapolis and it showed Carson out there, uh, you know, taking snaps and, and warming up in a cornfield basically the backdrop is a cornfield and the the little gal that was the announcer she says I, I carson just looks this is the perfect place for him he looks more at home in this cornfield being from north dakota and the whole time i'm thinking to myself yeah the deer hunting there is way better <laughs> like he is he is in a way better spot and it's funny that you know zach just said something about oh shoot we just I just yeah. got into it like real hardcore, and the next thing I know, we're going to we're going to yeah. Philly. And uh, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I'd be, I'd I'd rather be around Indianapolis as an outdoorsman. That's for darn yeah. Time. No, I we were actually the first uh, our first trip up here after the trade, looking at houses, and there was a couple couple does. Snow was on the ground, and a couple does came trotting through the backyard of one of the houses we were looking at, and I was like, okay, we're back in the Midwest because they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fat does, um, and it was. I was. I was excited to get back chasing some Midwest deer. I'll tell you that. Well, I ironically, the ATA show is held in Indianapolis almost every year. Every now and again, it'll get you know sent off to someplace yep. else. But um, I it, it'll be it'll be fun for you. We've had a quite a few NFL quarterbacks show up at yep. the ATA trade show before i mean i remember seeing ben roethlisberger come walking through and jim kelly and others you know there's been quite a few but that'll be your backyard now and uh rolling into that ata trade trade show is like you know oh you you're you're just wide-eyed the first time you ever go you're just zach was well did i can't remember were we at yeah we were at ata when i first met kentucky it might have been. It wasn't in Indy that year. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I met you like five minutes after you walked into that building and your eyes were this big. They were just like, yeah. holy crap. And I, 
yeah, I don't know where Carson was, but uh, um, it'll be cool for you guys to get a chance to to go there. So, hold on one second. Um, let me see here. So, did you play football too when you were younger? Zach? Um, I did, and I played in high school, and then I played baseball in college in North Dakota State. And then I think maybe that was part of the reason why Carson ended up in North Dakota State too is because I was already there. Right. to be close to me. He was it's not sure. He was having withdrawals with, with for me, not being at home as a kid. With me. <laughs> he was fo- he was following Big yeah, Brother. That, that ain't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, real quick, what if somebody offered you a bison hunt? Are you willing to go shoot a bison, Carson? I'm just uh, off the top of my head. That was one thing. Well, I'll definitely eat the meat because it is terrific. Um, but it w- I don't know. I think aren't, aren't most of those high fence anyway? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm on. Uh, no, 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 no. There's wild bison herds around. I just didn't know whether you'd be able to bring yourself to I shoot. I, could. I, I, I would <laughs> definitely appreciate the animal, and I would enjoy grilling up those back straps, no doubt. So we're, we're, the joke there is Carson went to um, North Dakota State, the bison. And wh- why do they? Why? Why is it bison there and not? Because it's grammatically correct. <laughs> oh come on, man! I don't. Me and Kurt Wells, who is a North Dakota boy, argue this all the time because it carries over to everything that he, he does. He, he always says bison. And I was like, no, down here where we are right now, it's bison, Kurt. And it, it's so funny because that's the way it's set up there, man. It's bison. It's just that's the American English language right there. That's how it's supposed to be. So okay. Don't screw it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the North Dakota people are now lecturing the rest of us on grammatic grammatic correctness i just say that's nothing to do with north dakota (laughs) so um you coming out of the fcs being chosen second in the draft i mean that's that that's pretty rare isn't it yeah definitely is i mean less rare now because a teammate just went to what do you go third third overall Um, oh yeah so That's right. it's, it's not as rare anymore, evidently, but, uh, right. yeah, it was a pretty, pretty special moment for, for me, for, for the school, for the state, for my family. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you, you, you're, maybe you set a precedence a few years ago. They're looking that direction a little bit more yeah. often saying there's, there's some stuff worthwhile wow. over there. Um, that's, that's super cool. Um, so. One of the things that I like about your football game, um, and I, I've watched you, and you've certainly faced some adversity, but you know, you, you charge when you see something. You're aggressive, you know, and I'm wondering. Number one, does that carry over into your approach to hunting? Um, and and what I mean by that is like when I'm bow hunting. I'm very aggressive almost to a fault sometimes. And, it, it, you know, I would say more often than not, I, I do good things with that aggression. But there's certainly times where it burns me, you know. But we can watch you play on the field, and there's no doubt, man, like you have a hard time reining in <laughs> when you see an opening. You know what I mean? And is, 
Do you hunt the same way? Do I hunt the same way, Zach? <laughs> I would say yes. I would say is yes, he, he does. Yeah. He's pretty yeah, aggressive. Deer stuff, I would say um, he relies on my opinion a lot just because I have more access to the, the cameras and kind of what's going on in the timber in the fall. But whenever we get to right. like a run and gun situation, whether we're doing odd ad in Texas or access here in Hawaii and uh, even stuff when we were in New Zealand, um, when it's kind of just the rains are off and it's just open country and you let it rip, he's uh, he's definitely not a guy that wants to, wants to an- anchor out for a couple hours and just glass. Like if we see something, let's go. Like we're going. This is there. just from me, from me watching him play football. I take it that he might be the guy that you got to slap his hand every now and again and say, you just rattle. Stop. <laughs> is, is, is that him? On turkey call. And, and he's the guy in the, in the woods with the turkey and I'm, and I'm slapping him. So let's just be patient. We don't have to track all these down here in the timber. Let's just be patient here. Okay. So how many coaches have had that same conversation with you, never. Carson? Never. About, oh, never? <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i you know because watching your style of play it's like you, you always hear all of the commentators talking about nfl quarterbacks and how they got to protect themselves and this and that and that that everything that i've ever seen out of you you know safety and up is not your something you might have to force yourself to yeah, do it seems. i've been working on it for a while now so <laughs> I'll bet. I'll it's bet. a fine line. It's, it's always a fine line. <laughs> I'm going to toe that line probably my, my whole yeah. career, but hopefully I can. Well, then it's, it's tough because that's, people love that. Uh, that's what people love about you is that, you know, in those situations, you, you're, you go after it. You, there's no holds barred, you know? And um, so it, it's, it's kind of a bummer because all of us from the outside looking in, we know that those coaches are grabbing you and saying, let's exercise some patience here. Let's, you know what I mean? And, uh, and us fans, we don't want to see you exercise patience. We want to see you go for it. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's funny that some of those things carry over into your, uh, into your hunting. It's personality yeah. traits. So he's an aggressive hunter. What are you, what are you like, Zach? Or maybe- <laughs> Boring. I like getting up and down the hills and getting up and down the mountains, but you know, uh, kind of weird. I, I think spending the first hour or two behind glass in the morning on a hillside or listening and just seeing deer move from half mile to mile and a half away is really fun. Now, Carson would probably agree with it, but at some point he's like, I gotta get down and go. Yes. Or I need to I need to have my breakfast, I need to have my coffee. I'm like, I'll just sit here with my binos and my spotting scope and I'll understand the farm and understand how these deer are moving and then I'll get a game plan in the afternoon and then I'll go yeah. on. This um, game plan takes nice. way too long. That's my methodical. Opinion. Methodical. I see and react. And it's time <laughs> to go. Like have you ever heard have you ever heard the story about the old bull and the young bull? <laughs> Sounds to me like like Zach's the old bull and Carson's the young bull. That's that's what it sounds I'm like an to old me. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man, <laughs> um so we talked a little bit, touched on the adversity 
that you've had. And I mean, you've faced down adversity big time in college and in the pros. Um, uh, college, you had a injury halfway through your senior season and got to come back for the uh, uh, for the championship game. Is that right? Um, and then, you know, in your NFL career, um, you know, all of anybody that's a football fan is familiar with your injury that you had there in Philadelphia. That was a, a fluke. You actually scored on the play. Um, I hate to say this, but one of the guys that hit you on that play was guy from a small conference that my son plays for, and we were actually hollering for him to get you. Um, but yeah, and he just pushed you from behind. Um, and it didn't even look like anything, but you came out of it. You had a knee injury. Um, dealing with that adversity, what has, uh, how's that carry over to your, to your hunting and everything else in life, man? I mean, there's so much pressure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think for me, it all comes down to my faith. Um, and just knowing that, I mean, we can have all the plans we want in our head and, you know, have this perfect picture painted of what we want life to look like, success to look like. And, um, but God has other plans. And it's been, for me, just a constant reminder from different injuries, from even last year getting benched and not traded, and um, that I, I'm just living this life and surrender to God and just trying to be obedient um, to whatever that looks like, wherever he has me placed. and. Um, it's easier said than done in the moment, no doubt, especially, you know, that year watching uh, us win the Super Bowl from the sideline, having a cane in my hand because I could, bar- could barely walk. Like, just things, the picture that you play out in your head looks a lot different than the reality sometimes. Um, it's definitely a challenge, but that's where my faith uh, really challenges me and kind of spurs me on and encourages me um, to keep on going. And so, um, and I would also say, I mean, your question regarding the outdoors, I mean, it's really the same in the sense of um, it just allows me to have a different perspective and being out there and appreciating uh, God's creation and, and just animals and countryside. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to travel and hunt in some incredible environments. And uh, it just gives you a, kind of this wow factor that keeps you in awe of what God's created and, and what he's doing in our lives and the, the opportunities that we've been given. Um, so it's been a, definitely been a journey. Uh, I still feel like I'm a kid. Uh, so I got a lot, hopefully a lot more experiences, um, left, but, um, no, we've been, we've been definitely fortunate, but it comes down to my faith and just how do I get through, uh, those quote tough times. And and it's my faith. It's, it's, you know, my wife, it's my family. Um, and really we all rally around each other and rally together. Um, just keep plugging along. Right. Well, um, it's funny that the longer you play this hunting game, um, the more situations that you're eventually going to get into where wherever you are is the last place that you want to be right there. It's, it's either the, the country is so darn aggressive that it's just whooping your butt or uh, you're colder than you ever have been in your entire life. Um, some kind of adversity is facing you down. and everything in you is telling you just go back and get by the fire and get warm or go back to the camp, you know, whatever. And I've always felt like those guys that were involved in athletics when they were younger, they have that other gear that they know how to reach, reach down and get a hold of and, and dig deep when they have to. 
to get past something like that, to push past something like that. And the, the ironic thing is, for most of us, those hunts where you have to do that are the ones that end up being the most memorable. They're the ones that stand out in your mind forever down the road, you know. Uh, not the ones where something came easy, but the ones where you had to dig deep and you had to overcome something. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that uh, as time goes on and, and you get more opportunities out there to, to, to go on some of those bigger, far-flung hunts, uh, all of those characteristics that you're building right now, man, they're going to pay off huge. And in, in not just that, but all kinds of things in life, you know? Um so, uh, right now, what's you guys' favorite species to hunt? Like, what's your uh, big game species? What's the funnest thing that you that you've done, and what do you what do you want to do coming up? Um, very loaded question. Yeah, very good. So, yeah. So right now, right now, out of everything that you've hunted right now, what's your favorite thing? Each of you. Oh, go ahead. Um. I would probably still say a white-tailed deer just because I've been able to, we took a basically, I don't say barren, but we learned a ton on the farms that we had in New Jersey and farms that we were 105, 110, 115 inch dinks for four years and kind of managing it and developing it to a place where you understand their corridors, you understand their habits, understand their patterns, understand where they're going to be certain times of the year. where you know last year Carson shot I think 142 inch whitetail in Jersey which is um a A big big year out there and I shot a we call him freak and he's probably six and a half years old um just a big tank so for me that's probably it because again it it's a whole season thing it's a process now don't get me wrong I love to run and gun and go out west when I can um North Dakota tag this year and I've been itching to get out there and do it just because of the public land access and just the i don't know that's for whatever reason a mule deer for them for me is on the top of the bucket list i'm hopefully going to fill it this year uh, right. but, I, but the deer stuff's big, great we've been fortunate enough to do some stuff not in the fall just because of carson's schedule so we google search everything imaginable <laughs> to go spot and stock or archery hunt in the spring so that's another I, I can understand some of his answers might come in yeah so Zach, you just talked about management and and developing uh, your deer hunting ground. Because Carson has been so busy in the fall and and other times of year, too, everybody thinks football's just in the fall. That's a year-round full-time job. Um, But especially busy during the fall and scheduled out. Um, Does most of that, so when you guys, I I assume you guys had a lease out there near uh, in Jersey or something like that near Philadelphia? Did most of the management fall on you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Early, a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of time and effort into it between hanging different sets and just getting out there and understanding how deer work a piece of property. But right. to the point where the last couple of years, I think were the, last, were the two years that we hunted the least because we just had it kind of figured out in terms of um, se- seasonally where they're going to be. And obviously the addition of, uh, Wi-Fi or cellular cameras is a game changer as well too and to the point where Carson's like all right I'm done getting emails for these cameras during the season you just tell me <laughs> what's going on I had to turn it off I was spending me, too much time you just tell me what's going on and <laughs> if, if this third if this Friday is a good night to hunt where these deer have been leading up to that and I said I can do that so 
Yeah, they basically all fell on me. But again, the last two, three years, once you have a piece of property, I think you hunt less on it and you're much more successful once you understand it. So that's, you know, the game within the game that, that I love about it because you just, you know where they're going to be in September, October. You know where they're going to be during the rut. You know where they're going to access late season. And, uh, you know, to me, that's just kind of the – and to think that all that property, and really in Jersey, we're targeting like one deer. And right. we're passing dink after dink after <laughs> doe after doe after dink after dink for one deer. So you're putting all right. your time and effort into one deer. Yeah. And then when it comes through right. and it comes right. to fruition and you figure them out and you get in the right place, that's when it's like – that's pretty cool. The neighbor next door says, this deer was behind my house two nights ago. How'd you kill him? And I'm just, you know, just <laughs> the way it works. But uh, that's always rewarding. I'm hearing so much old bull philosophy. <laughs> um, I can look at maps. Uh, the, I can look at a map on my phone here for six hours trying to figure out what a deer's going to do. And it'll exhaust my wife at night because I'll be texting people saying, hey, this is the wind. He was over here tonight. I can... I can look at that for six hours and not sleep at night trying to figure out where he's going to be the next night. See, and all you, all of you listeners, you can't see these two while they're talking, but I can. And as Zach is saying all this, Carson is just sitting here shaking his head. <laughs> That's, so Zach is the patient one. Carson is not. And so Carson, what, what's your favorite thing to hunt thus far? That you've hunted yeah i mean i we've been fortunate obviously like you said and for one i'm not a hundred percent impatient i'm like 90 percent impatient I'm, you're trying to learn so I, I can tell <laughs> um, i will say probably the most rewarding animal that i've harvested would have been that 142 inch whitetail in new jersey um because yeah. yes granted zach was doing all the physical work but it was really uh, from the moment we moved there, we were kind of trying to figure it out together and talking about it. And, um, so just seeing, you know, patterns and food plots and all the equipment that we put into it and time and energy. Um, when that happened, I'd say that was probably the most rewarding, um, probably harvest in my opinion to date, especially because Zach would never admit that he hit that deer before I ever did and didn't kill it. Didn't make oh. a good shot. Um, Oh, little brother had to come clean up after big brother is what you're saying. So that was a gift from God that he came back a couple weeks later. But anyway, um, <laughs> I would say, I mean, my favorite way would just be spot and stock for sure. Um, and yeah. it's really a toss up. I mean, chasing Audad in Southwest Texas was um, pretty remarkable. And doing that, I mean, there's only so much so many op so limited opportunities down there um so we've been fortunate enough to yeah. have a connection down there um and that's been a lot of fun because it's you get a little mountain um experience but it's you know it's not a day to get to the top of the mountain and over yeah. the next one and for me being impatient kind of ready to go ready to go all the time um uh, it makes it fun because we can see one and it's all right it's attack uh and so that's yeah. that's been probably my favorite um and so everybody that's listening like i haven't done any of the traditional spot and stock stuff that you're going to do in the in the fall no, so i've never done elk yeah, i've never done yeah. mule deer uh moose all that fun stuff that's definitely he's, on the he's but, busy he's busy getting stalked by defensive ends exactly. himself is what he's trying exactly. to say um, no it's not a, it's not a so, popular probably destination for people we were talking before this we were fortunate enough pre-covid stuff to do hawaii access deer with our wives 
And, oh, yeah. um, you know, the live spell tags too with, with, with rifles. But um, I don't think they've had anybody really awesome. do any archery, nothing of any sort there, just because usually when there's uh, a buck, usually with, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, yeah. 16 does with like one or two bucks, and the eyeballs are just incredible to stock. Yeah. Um, to be with Carson when he spot and stock one that was bedded um, in this huge yes. thicket, it was. I mean, it's Hawaii, so it's like you're kind of hunting. You're kind of like amazing, yeah. but the the countryside there it's was like uninhabited. It was phenomenal. You know, they're yeah. definitely wild down there now after being run. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up offline about that, yeah, Zach, because my my son, I've got a son that's in the army that's getting stationed out in Hawaii, and our second grandchild is on the way and is going to be born in December. Me and the wife are already planning our trip yes. out there yeah. for after the second grandchild is here. And I immediately said, you know, they have access to you out there. And they got, so they got, I, I, I might holler at you to find out who to contact. We can, we can do that. They got a lot of yes. goats too. The goats are actually pretty fun where they're, they're, uh, they're kind of one of those weird ones where you'll see them plenty, but they won't let you get within yeah. about 80, 90 yards unless you really get sneaky and you can, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of it's fun. It's borderline addicting. Well, it is addicting. But right on. You can multiple tags. It's fun. Yeah, I might have to call you about that. So your odd ad stuff. Have you been doing that in the Davis Mountains out here in West Texas? <laughs> Do you know what went like <laughs> yeah. far west it's Texas? Near Del Rio. Well, I don't know, not Del Rio. Yeah. Okay, you're far way farther yeah, south. Way down by Mexico. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah. that's a toss up to me between the odd ad trip we did in New Zealand uh, after my rookie year, um, which is different type of incredible um and you know spotting stocking uh, a tar actually um was unbelievable we did we did chase uh red stag as well uh, but the tar to me was the hunt that was absolutely exhilarating and then the axis deer in hawaii those three it's really hard for me to choose which one um i would say the axis deer was i mean that's the best game meat i've ever cooked up myself I think by far the right. access meat is unreal. Um, Speaking of those moments when you said there's adversity and you want to hide, um, some of those moments do yeah. occur. Obviously, archery hunting. One of those was that tar hunt in New Zealand. We had just got off the plane, and boy, we were sure enough. The first stock you had, you stuck it, and uh, started to rain a little bit, and we were ran out of light, and all night we're just you know you just stomachs in your in your gut trying to figure out what's going on. And the next morning, just about yeah. exhausted, and someone steps over a hill and about steps on them. Just those moments when you're like, I'd rather just hop on a plane right now and get out of here. Yeah. You just kind of stick to your stomach. And those moments will happen to everyone yeah. archery gun because it's yes. um, unfortunate. But those moments definitely occur with that. Too. Well, there's three kinds of bow hunters. There's, there's uh, um, those who never shoot, those that occasionally miss, and liars. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like you're if your day is coming where you're gonna face something like that and the more you do the more often it's gonna happen um so you you just like named the whole football list of critters okay like i I hunted with justin tuck some while he was still active and he was doing the exact same thing the exact same animals he was having to find those spring opportunities you know um so what are you looking forward to the most? What do you think you're yeah. going to enjoy the most when you get the chance to really cut, ju- jump in there with both? Yeah, things? I mean, I think 
probably the top of my bucket list would be going to Alaska. I don't know where, I don't know what. Um, and I think it's, would be bow hunting a moose. Um, just cause they're giant. Um, and actually Zach last year, he didn't fill a tag on a, a moose, but he had a, a moose hunting opportunity come to him and he actually called me for my permission, <laughs> called me for my permission, for my blessing to let him go on this hunt. Cause he knew that like arrowing a moose is like the top of my bucket list. And I was, I was pretty crushed, but, uh, I did give him my blessing. He didn't. He didn't get it done, but hopefully, I don't know, he might be doing that one up coming soon as well. But My wife was sitting right next to me when I called him and said, are you seriously calling him? You haven't even talked to me about it. And I said, I'll be with you in one second. Let me talk to Carson quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time that you walk up to a moose that's on the ground is, is an experience you'll never forget because just like you said, they're just, they're prehistoric yeah. big. They are so big, especially the big mature bulls. You know, it's one thing to see a cow, but those big mature bulls, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, holy smokes, how in the world did we ever get this thing out of there? But you do, you just chop on the wood until <laughs> it's gone. Right. You know what I mean? That's about it. Um, so, <clears throat> either Zach, you're going to get to go chase muleys for the first yeah, time this year. Is that what you're saying? Be, uh... Oh, Carson already, but yeah, I'll get the double dip between the I got North Dakota mule deer tag and um, I have an elk tag in Montana as well, too. That'll be my first time. So oh. I'm slowly diversifying my fall critters. Um, again, with yeah. a couple little ones at home and a third on the way, I'm trying to. I feel like I could spend three months out there um, between North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming. Spend a lot of time out there, but um, probably just enough time where it Keeps you want to come back for more and more uh, while you fill a tag and hot. So it should be fun. I don't want to talk too much about elk in front of Carson because it kind of makes me feel like I'm kicking him. In the <laughs> but when you get the chance, Carson, and it's going to be a while because you've got a lot of your career left. Elk are amazing. Yeah. There's, there's nothing. And I mean, there's guys that might argue it with me, not very many. I would say the majority of guys that have hunted them, it ends up being their favorite, but they, anything that size that tells you, here I come, here I come, here I come, and you can start to feel the vibrations on your skin and under your feet, and it actually feels like things are rattling around you before you can see them, it's, it, it, it just does things to you. It does terrible, it just meltdown city it's it's amazing it's the best feeling in the in the world so i i hope that you get into some of that zach when uh when you get to go this year and i hope you don't rub carson's nose in it too hard um, i try not to i uh i had a north dakota whitetail tag last year ended up really bizarre but ended up with a buddy who had a mule deer tag and he found a bedded whitetail up kind of in mule deer country he called me it's a good tv up there yeah. And I, we have a video and we'll, we'll share it with them, but I spot and stock a whitetail that was bedded up in mule deer country. It was bedded. And I you know, stocked him from the top of the canyon all the way down. And I know I had Carson's, uh, he was a little bit envious the whole time when I was sharing that video. He's like, are you kidding me? That never, ever happens. And it was about 153 inch whitetail that was bedded kind of in mule deer country that didn't make any sense at yeah. all. Just kind of made a fatal mistake with the direction he was looking. He was playing it fine, but he just, yeah, 
I crested that hill and I hadn't busted him. I'm like, this is impossible. How is this even a real thing here? So I had it. Every yeah. fall, I'm going to get prepared to make him a little bit envious leaving the meeting. So we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I, man, spotting and stalking whitetail um, is one of my favorite ways to do it. Is it, it depending upon the terrain you're in, it's not always the most effective, and there's times where it just doesn't make any sense at all. But they are much more vulnerable to that method than a lot of people realize. And my most spectacular whitetail hunts of my life have happened on the ground. So it's, it's definitely not an impossibility. It just depends upon where you're hunting, how For thick sure, it yeah. is and you know, the, the terrain that you're dealing with, but, um, that's super cool. So before we get off of it, cause I've, I want to ask you some things that are kind of not necessarily football related, not necessarily hunting related, but, um, What's the what, what's the favorite hunt overall between the two of you that you've had so far? Is it this is it this big one, forty uh, two buck in New Jersey, or is it one of the ones in in, in Hawaii or those odd ad that you're hunting down there? Those are spectacularly hard yeah. to kill. Those animals are oh, they they out. are notorious yeah. for it. We yeah, I would probably say the Hawaii trip. Um, just as a whole, the trip, um, I mean, we both had our wives with us and they were able to both, you know, harvest one with a rifle, um, which is really cool. Uh, I think for both of us to not just see that, but we were videoing it as well and we got it all documented. So that's fun. Um, and then we were both successful, um, at harvesting one with our bows, different style. I, I think I, I stalked mine through the woods. He, we kind of snuck, um, up and tried to cut some off. Uh, with, you know, when he was able to get it done, but he, he made a, it was a long shot. It was pretty cool. Um, but I would say that whole experience, um, was pretty, pretty remarkable. I mean, you're in Hawaii, but you didn't, all you see about Hawaii is the beaches and the hotels and resorts. And we were in like mountains, like you wouldn't, I've never equated that with Hawaii in my mind. Um, but being there and seeing big, beautiful animals. And then in the middle of the day, because we were, not you know chasing axis deer in the middle of the day we were chasing um the the wild goats and that was uh i gave us something to do and was it was a ton of fun so for me the impatient guy we we had something to do the whole time so i think i definitely enjoyed that yeah and the odd stuff was fun i think you're talking about adversity like <clears throat> the whitetail stuff is fun but like i said i don't feel like i grow or i remember it as much unless i'm hurting a little bit or there's, <laughs> there's some yeah. and flows yeah. and some emotions up and down and that's what's kind of nice about getting in that back country. It kind of reminded me of, you know, the Badlands type country down along the border down there where it's up and down rock faces a little bit with cactus. And, um, you know, just getting in the kitchen of some of those animals and you're huffing and puffing on top of it. And then you're holding your breath for, for no reason. You're just holding your breath like, <laughs> don't hear me. Um, just some of those things, just getting on the top of those cliffs and those animals being right underneath you. Um, yeah, when I'm uncomfortable, even to the point of waterfowl hunting, when you're freezing cold and you're we've done some atlantic um ocean sea duck hunting and i have been soaking wet miserable <laughs> but i remember them and yeah. whether it's successful or not i remember them so i feel like being a little bit uncomfortable enables me to grow a little bit and remember them a lot more so those are definitely fun. it's it's funny how that goes it, it it's those ones where you feel like where you face those challenges those are the ones that you remember and what usually it has to do with with being cold and exhausted those are the top two things. 
you know, that seemed to make a hunt memorable later on. Um, and I guess for some people that isn't necessarily true. It, you know, it's sometimes when you're not successful on a hunt like that, you swear you never want to go back again. However, when you do, when it comes together and you're successful on something like that, it's, it's special. Um, so tell me a little bit about your foundation before we wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um, so Zach actually, um, runs the foundation. He, he's, he's the guy in charge more or less. Um, but we started the foundation, uh, right after my rookie year. So this is now going into the fifth year. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything we do, um, in a nutshell is we want to spiritually, um, bless people and physically bless people with a, a tangible blessing, whatever that is. Um, and one of the, the three ministries we have is our outdoor ministry, which, um, we're big on getting, uh, kids from different, you know, difficult life circumstances and getting them out in the cornfield or out in the woods or in the mountains, doing, doing something outdoors, chasing animals, hunting, fishing, whatever it is. Um, and just giving them an, an experience um, to hopefully bring them joy and fulfillment. But also, um, we're going to tie in a spiritual blessing with that as well and, and, you know, give them a Bible and talk to them about who Jesus is. And um, I've just heard some incredible, impactful stories. And sometimes during the season, I'm like living through these kids as I'm getting updates. I'm like, okay, John's in, he's in the mountains. We've seen this elk and this elk today. We're, we're going to make a push for it. I'm just like, all right, like, all right, I'll, I'll check my phone again in an hour when I'm done with this meeting. Um, so it, it's been pretty cool to see these kids and um, their faces light up and um, to know what they've gone through, whether that's childhood illness um, or still fighting um, different different situations. Uh, it's been cool to physically bless them, as well as a couple other um, ministries that we have at the foundation, which has been really fun to just kind of see kind of God just kind of guide us and lead us. And, open up a lot of doors for us to, to be blessed. For people. And you've had a big role in that foundation too, correct? <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of, uh, well, I'm the director, but I basically just, um, steward the vision and stuff that Carson and his wife have set. And, um, and we have three ministries. So we have a, a mobile food truck that we have in Philadelphia that, um, gives out free food to those in need, communities in need, different events. Uh, we're going to be bringing one to Indianapolis here, uh, this fall as well too. Then we also partnered with an organization in Haiti who has undergone some serious turmoil in the last few weeks and months down in Haiti as well, too. And I was just down there about two months ago and completed a, a sports complex down there where, again, providing a tangible blessing for these kids to have an outlet um, and also have some nutrition and hydration as well, too, but also be, be mentored and have a, have a role model, have a spiritual guide in their life as well, too. So, um, but yeah, the outdoor ministry has been something, you know, we talked a lot about. Um, pushing ourselves to the limits uncomfortability wise those are the moments we remember and we definitely walk that line with it because we want to push kids we want it to be an experience they're not going to forget i want it to be challenging and rewarding at the same time and i think we've done a good job of that and again some of these kids have gone through so much and um, they're on elk hunts they're halibut fishing in alaska they've harvested a bear, bears yeah. in virginia white-tailed deer so i mean you name it, it's it, the hunt is awesome, but we want to give these kids a great experience. We want to push them, we want to challenge them, we want to have time to disciple them. And basically just remind them who God says they are, um, especially in life now with circumstance and social media. And these kids may have undergone different battles. They may have different physical disabilities, 
And who knows what kids are saying at school. It's it's challenging. So press the pour into those kids. And we just continue to get reminded from their parents and their families that um, these are trips that they remember. They're trips that they're grateful for. Um, when they call and tell us, hey, they miss you guys. They had so much fun. You know, are we going to be able to see you guys again? So those are always the fun memories that we get to have. And again, the outdoors is a part of it. It's kind of just that uh, conduit for memories. And, uh, you know, that's why we do it. And so some people may say, you know, why the outdoors? Because you go do it once and then uh, you understand why we think it's important. Well, a lot of times there, and this, this can be said for myself, that outdoors is where I feel closest to God. And some people that might be a chapel, but for a lot of people, it's, it's when you're actually out there, you know, watching the woods come alive in a tree stand or on top of a mountain. Um, and, I would I would say that's got to be almost a big as big a dream come true as growing up and being becoming an NFL quarterback. Um, the dream of being in a position to be able to give so much to kids that really that to people that really need it, not just kids, but people that really need it. Um, what's that like? Yeah, no, I mean I think you know coming to my faith. Um, really my freshman year of college and um, really not just doing it because that's what everyone did, but actually having my own relationship with Christ and then really learning that um, and knowing, okay, I'm not given this platform for me. This isn't about me. Um, and knowing how, how Jesus came and was a, a servant leader and he came to serve and not be served um, definitely challenged me in, in the sense of how can I bless others? God's given me so much. How can I give so much to others? And um, it's definitely been, it's really been the greatest blessing um, to be able to use this platform. And it's easy to lose sight of that. It's easy to get um, swamped up in, in life and all the other stuff that gets thrown at us. But to, to really bring it back to, to what it's all about um, and to be a blessing to others and, and see these kids' faces lights up or people or just to hear the eternal impact that, that we're able to have on people um, really yeah. challenges me to, to keep going. And uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun and been such an amazing blessing and reward uh, to see it, see it come to life. Well, man, I've, I've actually had a blast with you two. You're very down to earth, um, exactly who I thought you were going to be. Um, I got to clown around with Zach a little bit before. Um, had never really got to with you, Carson. And, um, man, I wish you the best of luck this year. Uh, I think that you landed in a great place. Um, everything that I've read from the outside looking in, I think that it's a good fit for you in so many different ways. And, um, I, I hope that you're able to gain some control of your jump in there with your head. Your, your aggression no that's a uh, that's dude um hey, i i actually hope that you find a good balance because nobody wants to see that part right. of the game go you know um it's part of what makes you who you are uh and I, i've i've got to say something um like i've watched a couple playoff games there in indianapolis one of which the sheriff shredded my broncos um <laughs> The other one was against the, the Jets. And um, one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen in sport was there. And this is something that you need to 
I'm telling you this because it would be amazing if you could find the same relationship that he seemed to have. But I have never seen anything like when Manning would walk up to that line in that stadium and he would he, literally that place is it's an indoor stadium. It's rocking. It is just it's so loud you can't hear anything. And he would walk up to that line and he would put his hands out like this and drop them. And it would go just dead. You could hear a pin drop in that building. I've never seen anything like it, you know? And I was like, there is no way that that dude could make that happen in Denver. (laughs) Wrong, wrong. When he came to Denver, he did the same thing. It It was like a maestro, like an orchestrator that went up there and he just put his hands out and that boy that crowd would go dead silent on him i'd like i'd like to see you work on your technique doing that there in indianapolis i want to see that crowd get trained by carson to go completely dead when he walks up to that line of scrimmage man it was so so cool to see in person you know have you ever met him um we've we've spoken a couple times so uh, i'm looking forward to hopefully now that i'm here spending some time with him at some point but yeah. yeah, I think he's yeah. trained up. I think yeah. he's trained this uh, this fan. Um, all of this, yeah, I think he's trained these fans pretty well out here. So I, I probably don't need to do that. They're hardcore like, fans. Like literally, they those Indianapolis fans on the street during those playoff times. They are hardcore fans. It, it's something else. So it was always it was such a thrill to see him walk up and oh, just. Yeah and just silence them that way, man. It was something else. But, I, man, I really do. I wish you the best luck. And uh, um, you guys, uh, what, before we go, like what's the next thing on your, on your list this off season? Like what's the first thing that you think you're going to be able to get out and chase? Off season or coming up here? Yeah. Well, off season. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, are you going to be able to chase something on the, uh, you can't really do anything on the bye week can you? No, but I mean, we're in Indiana here. We got, we got deer, we oh, got deer and ducks and geese all around us. Like I'll, I'll still get out a couple, that's I'll still true. get out, out a couple times. Uh, some day yeah, trip for sure. Um, not really sure what next year is going to bring yet. I'm sure we'll, we're trying to right. chase some odd out again or, We'll see where the state of the world is. Maybe we'll try and get to Hawaii again one of these days. Um, I mean, there's only so many things I can chase in March and April. Um, it's really my, yeah. prime, my prime time. So sure we'll put some yep. a couple things on repeat every now and then. We've still talked about, I think we talked about Spain, Argentina at times too, but we're like, boy, with each, yeah. now we're having kids in the having extra now, so. kids in the bunch come November. We might push that back a couple years again too. But Audad's one that we love. Pretty accessible. We want to keep doing, and uh, we'll see what the rest of the world looks like here come springtime. Well, sweet guys. Well, can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, like I said, best of luck to you. Thanks for joining us, and hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll see everybody later. Thank you. God bless.